Detroit sounding. It's Halloween. You going trick or treating? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I'm too old. Well, then you just go trick or treating with a shot glass, kid. Okay. Few memories evoke as much giddy joy for me as Halloween. For me, in the collection of miscreants, juvenile delinquents, and future felons that comprise my peer group, Halloween meant that we owed our community some smashed pumpkins, obscene renderings, trees full of toilet paper, and of course that old and honored chestnut, the flaming bag of dog shit on the front stoop. Halloween untethered us. It was the day that we more resembled the beasts we were to become. Halloween was the day that we handed some of the horse shit back to the adults. Halloween was AC Daisy, Monster Sugar Buzz, Stolen Liquor. In my case, a fifth of my father's Jim Beam. Halloween was the day you got some payback. My friend Rich made a full-scale dummy, so lifelike that when it was hurled from the top of a building into oncoming traffic, you honestly thought that some poor dildo had fallen or jumped to his death. The body was loaded with mushy pumpkins to assure a fairly decent spray of guts across the windshield upon impact. It was a hoot. I myself opted for a more artistic approach when people decided not to be home for trick-or-treat. I made them pay. We smashed their pumpkins, loaded their trees with toilet paper, and on the front doors I would leave an original drawing, usually a giant dick with the words rat-tat-tat exploding from the end. One time this nearly got my ass kicked. We assumed people weren't home because nobody came to the door, so I went to work. I'd been inspired by some Japanese erotic woodcuts, and I decided to render a gigantic samurai schlong on the glass door. I drew it with a wax candle, a big veiny son of a bitch. The wax made sure that they would have to scrape it off with a razor. It didn't just wash off like soap. Right when I finished, the light went on inside and I kind of froze up as the door opened. The guy was a big, oily motherfucker with mutton-chopped sideburns and a greaser haircut, and for a moment we locked eyes. Then he stepped back and looked what I had drawn in all of its glory. It took him a second to realize what it was, and I heard him yell, <coughs> Jesus Christ, it's a cock. I started laughing my ass off. I turned to run, and in an instant he was out the door and on me. This guy must have been an old track man because for two blocks he damn near had me a couple of times. And he didn't give up for another four blocks. My friends made it worse by yelling back at him, Hey, fuck you, Elvis. Next time give up the candy, you cheap prick. It just pissed the guy off more and made him run faster. I finally lost him and was completely out of breath from running and laughing. My pal Jimmy laughed so hard he wet his pants. <laughs> As we grew older, we realized the experience of Halloween could be greatly enhanced. With two or three dozen grade-A large eggs 
and some mescaline. At my high school, we had a real hard-on for an assistant principal. And every Halloween, we would plaster this fucker's car with more eggs than you'd get at a Denny's. One of my friends crazy glued a double dong to his front door with the words, for you and the horse you rode in on, motherfucker, underneath the blessed gift. Somewhere there still exists a Polaroid of this, our crowning Halloween achievement. The assistant principal knew it was us. He was a guy we called Doughboy, or Rubber Ed. He had us all called into his office to lean on us and try and pressure us to get us to give it up. He'd tell us he had a witness. It's an old bullshit cop ploy we were hip to. My friend Eddie would go, Hey, go get your witness. We'll have breakfast. Let's have some eggs. And we'd fall out laughing. Doughboy would fume. He spit when he talked, and he'd threaten to expel all of us. We'd tell him, go ahead, and instead he'd suspend us for three days. In other words, we got a three-day vacation for egging this pud's car. There's a downtown ferry singing out Proud Mary as he cruises Christopher Street, and some southern queen acting loud and mean with the docks in the Badlands meet. This Halloween is something to be sure, especially to be here without you. Halloween Parade by Lou Reed As I grew older, Halloween became important to me. The first time I saw the Halloween Parade in New York, it was a revelation. It was a celebration of being whoever you needed to be in the world. It was a bacchanal full of love and imagination and art and freedom. The Lou Reed song about it might be my favorite song in the world. Having been raised Catholic, I was fully expected to believe in ghosts, holy and otherwise. Lou's sad and elegiac tribute to those free spirits no longer with us resonates with me in a way that religion or any of the other claptrap I was raised to believe ever did. For me, it is the only holy song I love. Coming from Chicago, the Halloween parade was something alien and wonderful. We didn't have this back home, yet. We were, and still are in many ways, a provincial and prudish place where celebrations of one's sexuality of any kind or freedom were frowned upon. It's gotten better. The brave folks who started the Pride Parade here broke down a great many barriers. Many of the sexual outlaws are not part of the system, including gay aldermen. All of this stuff that New York was way ahead of the curve on. For me, though, Halloween is still about letting the beast that lives in your heart off of its leash. Finding your inner outlaw and tossing him the keys for 24 hours or so. Hey, you, in the cubicle, I'm talking to you. Let it loose. Come dance with the beast. See you next year 